Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Shining God's Light. My name is Uluwasheyo Dutola and I am still your host on SGL. So from the tag today, you can see that we are talking about Revelations, the series. And today we are talking about the mysteries. This is the first aspect of this series and... I'd like you to follow me closely as we move. So the first thing I'd like to address is the fact that a lot of Christians view um, this gospel that we preach and live like it's a fairy tale. It's surreal to them. They can't. Their minds can't really... Um, wrap around the fact they can't really comprehend the fact that these things are real another set of people tend to want to ignore this part of the gospel and i'm talking about revelation the book of revelation a lot of christians want to ignore this part of the gospel because it inspires fear in them so the first thing i would want to say is that this is not a fairy tale this is the the reality in which we live and i'm just quickly going to read um revelation chapter um one verse verses one two three quickly and it says here the revelation of jesus christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Verse 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. This leads us to believe that these words are not just fairy tales or um, tall tales or things that would never happen you know things that you know you keep thinking oh maybe it'll happen but it'll, it'll never happen no it, it takes it away from being a mystery to being a fact a truth something that will happen whether you agree or not just the same way god is god whether you acknowledge him as god or not the same way these things will happen whether you acknowledge them or not so they are not a fairy tale they are true and there is no need to be scared of these things these are just you you pray for understanding when you read them so that the lord can open your eyes to see the things that he needs you to see um we are children of god as a child of god if you know that you are a genuine child of god that you are a child of god you have nothing to fear If you know that you are a child of God, you have nothing to fear. If you know you're working, walking in the will of God for your life, 
completely not just being a moral person but being a, a true you've surrendered your life conf- believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that you're a child of god you have nothing to fear so don't let the scriptures inspire fear in you rather let them you know let the lord light up a curiosity in you to know the things that he has said because there's a lot of secrets and mysteries hidden in here that some people will never know because they are too afraid to dig and there are a lot of promises in there as well things that you know the lord needs you to know that's why it's in your bible (laughs) that's why it's in your bible if god did not want you to know it he wouldn't have revealed it to us so don't take it lightly it's not a joke it's not a fairy tale but also don't be afraid if you're a child of god there is nothing to fear you read it for your knowledge to add to you to exhort you um the scripture particular scripture says the scripture says um that uh, um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay, I see now. Second Timothy, chapter three, verse sixteen. He says, "All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness." So there is no scripture that is in the Bible that is not necessary to read if you want to know god more if you want to go deeper in your walk with god all scriptures are necessary because in the series the mysteries part one revelations the series part one the mysteries mm-hmm. yes so today we are dealing solely with um revelations chapter one uh, in today's uh, mysteries And maybe if the Lord would have us move further before going into the truths, um, which is, as I said earlier, is the other aspect of this series. So if the Lord would have us stay a bit more on mysteries, we'll move forward on that. But for today, we're talking about, we're dwelling on chapter 1 for the mysteries. Let's go to Revelations chapter 1 verse 4. You'll be reading straight to verse 7. Um, verse 4 says, uh, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. This is, so basically I'm just going to be trying to explain some of the things here to us when a lot of people say um god who is who was and is to come but it doesn't really sink in for them it doesn't really sink in for them 
so basically this this scripture is telling us about how god is the ancient of days how god is is you know everlasting you say everlasting father you don't grasp that oh this god is this god is quite ancient this god was in the beginning he created the heavens and the earth but even before the beginning he was because it says his spirit brooded over the face of the deep now if we were to go deeper we would say even before his spirit brooded he existed because there was a dispensation before but that's not what we're talking about today so this god whose spirit brooded over the face of the because the earth was without form and void he was then but he still is he's the god you call upon all the time he's the god you talk to all the time he's our father who is in heaven but he's also the god that is to come he's the god that revelations talks about He's the God that we all stand before on the judgment day. But he's also the God that heals the sick right now. He's also the God that raises the dead through, through us. He's the God that does miracles through us. But he's also the one waiting for us to say, welcome faithful servant. These are the three, this is the three dimensional aspect of God. Okay. Let's move to. So grace be unto you and peace from him. So he's saying peace from God. And um, peace from him which is and was and, and which is to come yes so and then from the seven spirits which are before his throne we'll get a bit more understanding as we move forward in um chapter one concerning this this part the seven spirits which are before his throne a lot of people will think oh that's the seven spirits of god the spirit of wisdom and might and no no we are coming <laughs> we're coming to explain this this particular seven spirits yes so it's not the one you're thinking so verse 5 it says and from jesus christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood okay so we're quickly going to take it from faithful witness what does it mean that christ is the faithful witness so christ is the word of god right let's quickly take it back to um john chapter 1 verses um okay verses 1 to 10 let's just quickly read that 
says in the beginning was was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god so so um the word which we know to be christ was with god at the beginning while he was creating yeah and and the same was in the beginning with god he was with god and all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made so he witnessed everything he was a witness to everything there was nothing made that was made behind him no all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made and in him was life this verse 4 now and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness so this so even after being the word of god he still is the life of men the light and life of men so he he was at the beginning then immediately man was created he became the life and light of men so he was witnessing man at that point as well and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not so even in the darkness christ the word of god is he exists he shines and he's witnessing every single thing <laughs> and um there was a man sent from god whose name was john the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which lighteth every man and that cometh into the world so so this light this christ that we speak of our savior he lights immediately a man is born he knows he's there he's witnessing it and he's lighting the man already you see that that cometh into the world so immediately you step into the world immediately you're born into this fear of existence christ knows he's there already verse 10 says he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not so he started as the word of god still is the word of god you know went into still being the word of god went into being the light and life of man and still still being that he came into the world he was in this world the world that was made by him so you see that when when it says the faithful witness is the witness that has seen everything he has been there he has not left he has not taken his gaze off of us or off the earth off any of his creation he has stayed and he has watched and he has witnessed every single thing Um, and says the first begotting of the dead hmm. if you go to john three sixteen, says there that for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But at that point, while he was given Christ, he was the only begotten Son. But as at the time that he had come to earth, and he had died on the cross, gone into hell, taking the keys of sin, hell and death, sin and death, and had risen on the third day. He had become the first begotten. Thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you for 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 the gift of Christ who, you know, who went into hell for me. Who was mocked for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, as at the time that he he died, before he died, he was the only begotten son. But he died so that we might be called sons as well. So that we might become heirs to the kingdom of God. And so, by the time he rose up, on the third day, he had become the first begotten. And he says here, first begotten of the dead because we were dead to God. Our spirit man was dead. We were not sensitive to God. The only thing alive was our flesh and our soul. And we were governed by the the things of this world. And we did that which pleased us. There was no law on earth. And God looked at earth. You know, at a point it said, God God repented that he created man. Because man was not created to live by himself, live on his own. He was created to live in accordance with or we are with God's will. He was created to live in unity with God, with the Spirit of God, to be reigned by the Spirit of God, to be directed by the Spirit of God. Yes, he had a will. Man has a will. But when the spirit is alive in you, your will is leaned towards the will of God. That's just how it is. So at that point, we were dead to God. Our spirit was dead to God. And what Christ had done when he came to earth... Was to give us the opportunity to be called into sonship. So when it says here that the first begotten of God. Of the dead rather. After Christ rose again. He called us. that, That was the opportunity for us to be called sons of God. So you could say he's the first son of God. And then we are his siblings. In God. But he is still our savior. Glory to God. He says, and the 
prince of the kings of the earth if you go through scriptures you will realize that god often especially the old testament called men kings of the earth so he's the prince of the kings of the earth hmm. i hope you're following And unto him, this same Christ, that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So basically, basically it's just saying he saved us. It's just saying Christ who, you know, watched us, who has watched us from the beginning of time, who came to earth to die for us who made us princes who made us kings um has saved us he saved us basically that's what um this this verse is saying so verse six now and 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 hath made us kings and priests unto god and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen what it's saying here is if you if you've read through the old testament you'll know that kings and priests are the only ones who have certain privileges for example a priest is, is the or was the mouthpiece of god he was the direct um oracle you could say and he 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 was the one through through whom god spoke to men he was the only one who could enter into the holies of holy holy of holies and even then he had to go in after having had several sacrifices made you know the to 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 blot his sins right because he wasn't a, a righteous man he was a sinning man that had to have sacrifices to to uh, to 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 block his um sins from god so that was what was being done before christ came and christ is the only priest or high priest who never sinned which is why he's he was worthy of saving us he was worthy of having that cup of saving us and that's why the bible says because he he also went through everything that we've gone through so the bible says that we have a, a high priest who knows what we are going through he understands our plight but that's not where we're going so where we're going is there were certain privileges and even priests even after having those sacrifices they'll have to wear bells and have a long rope tied to their ankles so that if the bell stopped bringing you know the people outside will know that oh this person is dead and they will drag him out but now christ came and died for us as we saw in verse 5 so that we now says and has made us we the ordinary man he has made you a king and a priest before god unto god and his father unto god and our father it says wherefore now you can 
come boldly before the throne of grace. Um, I found it here. It is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of, um, throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we can come boldly unto the throne of grace. The only reason why we can now come boldly unto the throne of grace is that Christ paid it all and he gave us entrance as kings and has as priests into the holy of holies so now you a seemingly random man can go before God into the holy of holies before his throne of grace because you are a king and a priest unto God and your father Thank you, Father, for, for for this opportunity to be able to come boldly before your throne of grace. It sounds cliche, but I mean, it cannot be. If, if Christ had not died, we'll still be smearing blood on our doorposts and on our foreheads and having heave offerings and, and cleave offerings and sin offerings. And even the scripture here says, it says, To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And we say a hearty amen to that. To you be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now verse 7 it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen so he's coming on the clouds this is talking about the second coming i hope we can see that even the journey of um of everything up to revelations has just been summarized in the first few verses of revelations chapter one so this is saying to us that there is so much more if if everything that we've experienced thus far is aptly summarized from verse um in a few short verses um basically not even from verse one it's 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 actually from verse four to verse six and verse 7 starts talking about the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ. Then you want to know what else is in Revelations. Because this book, I, 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 I must say, it, it, it doesn't end until chapter 21, 22, sorry, chapter 22. So what's going on from, from uh, verse 7 of Revelations of Revelation chapter 1 until chapter 22 and 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 that stops at uh verse verse 21 oh yeah that's 21 so revelations everything we've experienced thus far ends it starts at verse 3 and verse 4 of revelation chapter 1 and stops at verse 6 of revelations chapter 1 so from 
verse 7 of Revelation chapter 1 to verse 22, um, chapter 22, verse 21. What was God saying? Aren't you curious to know what God was saying? Okay. So it says, Behold, he cometh on the, on with clouds. That's the second coming. He's going to come in the sky, right? With the clouds. And every eye shall seek him. Everybody will see him. But not everybody will be taken up. And it says, And they also which pierced him. So, 2,000 years ago, some people, right? They were doing what they thought was their job and they were beating and, and, you know, piercing and so those people are going to see him as well. That's taking it literally, right? Those people are going to see him as well. But I also say those people who keep sinning, knowing the things that God has done for them, that Christ did for them on the cross, they will also see him so whether you're taking it literally or figuratively if you're if if you're not standing in god that day you're going to see him those people that were not standing in him two thousand years ago when he died on the cross still see him so that suggests that people are going to be raised from the dead right we know that um, when people are being taken up, the dead in Christ go first, right? But what happens to those <laughs> that didn't die in Christ? They will see him, but they will not be taken up. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. There's so much to this wailing. There's so much to it because people are going to leave family behind and some people are going to want to give their life to christ at that point but there is so much to that willing aspect um but even so we also say amen so we're just going to read quickly um verses 10 to 13 and then 16 to 18 and then yeah let's, let's quickly just read those first and it says i was in the spirit that that is john was in the spirit on the lord's day and heard behind him uh, and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet 11 says saying i am alpha and omega the first and the last and what thou seest write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in asia first of all i'd like to quickly say something i have a um message some the message um is revelations being friends with god and i remember saying there that day that whatever god shows you that is not for your personal use alone that is not for your personal work walk or your family or your family walk that you know is something general you you have to let people know you have to let others know see what he, it says here verse 11 it says saying i am alpha and omega the first and the last and what thou seest write in a book and send it unto the seven churches 
what thou seest write in a book and send it to the seven churches in this case whatever you see write it down and send it to those people you know will listen those people you know will listen that is when god trusts you to tell you more things those encounters that you have the things he showed to moses that moses did not keep to himself the things he showed to abraham the things he showed to ezekiel the things he showed to jeremiah isaiah those things that he showed to david that he showed to daniel that he showed to paul and peter that they experienced in their walk with god those are the things now that we have to consult because they were given by inspiration of god for such a time as we are now in fact for such a time as they were in for whatever period you are you need the bible what i'm saying is when god shows you something you know that it's needed for a target a certain target group so you write it down and you make sure that it is made available to those people to whoever will listen not to who will drop it somewhere and forget to, to announce it let it be known to those people you know will listen to it i just quickly wanted to point out um, point that fact out and then let's move on so he said send it on to the seven churches which are in asia onto ephesus onto smyrna onto pergamos onto tyatira and onto sardis and onto philadelphia and onto laodicea and i turned to see the voice that spake unto me and being turned i saw seven golden candlesticks right and in the midst of the seven golden uh, of the seven candlesticks this is verse 13 now one like unto the son of god clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about with the paps with with a golden girdle says and in the midst of the seven candlesticks one like unto the son of man clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle so you know this person has to be royalty and it even says here that one like unto the son of man and verse 14 says he's hold on his head and his hairs were like were white like wool as white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fire like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters now verse 16 it says now we've described who we saw right and then we, we but before we saw who we saw we first saw seven golden candlesticks so let's move on to verse 16 it says and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength 
Verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. This part really is very symbolic to me because as i said if you read revelations as a child of god you have nothing to fear listen to what he said here he said fear not i am the first and the last that means i am your god that means i am who you worship so if you worship me in truth you should not be afraid of the things that i would show you you should not be afraid of having encounters with me you should not be afraid of me that's what he's saying here and he says in verse 18 it says i am he that liveth and was dead and behold i am alive forevermore amen and have the keys of hell and of death do you see now who this is this is christ the king and he says verse 19 write these things which thou seest and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter do you see that again he's saying write it everything you see every single thing that you see write it and verse 20 says the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks right says the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches but if we quickly go back to verse 16 we see out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword what that mean means is he was ready to proclaim judgment so the two-edged sword means that there was judgment on the at the tip of his lips um, of his tongue rather <laughs> wow and verse 20 is the last verse in revelations chapter one so okay let me quickly explain the correlation between the um seven churches the seven angels and the the two sharp two edged sword so if you read further um it will be better explained but because we can't let me just quickly say that it is a representation of christ was going to pass judgment on these churches based on certain things that we'll later see in chapter 2 if you want to know you can go ahead and just read it up on your own but this is what he was doing at that time that is why those things appeared together um, glory to God. I hope you've been blessed. If you have any questions, please you can reach me at Odutola Uluasheye one at gmail.com. That's uh figure one as in not not in letters but in um the figure format. Um I hope you've been blessed. I pray that the Lord guide and keep you, that He opens your understanding to see who he is and to see what He'll have you see and to know what He'll have you know. Um Please send this message to as many as you know need to listen to it. Um, and the peace of God abide with you in Jesus' mighty name.
Amen. Amen and amen. Have a lovely Sunday. See you guys next week.